How's it going, my brothers and sisters? This is Steve Kitts. Thank you for joining us on During Bible Study Podcast. We'll open up in a prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and love. And we thank you, Lord, that you're with us and that these words, Lord, that you give us is something we can put in our hearts and use for your glory. Lift you up and give you the honor. In your blessed name we beg. Amen. Trying the Spirits. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. The subject that we consider is the matter of critical importance. The fact that the call to discern is issued throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament and in the New. The fact that repeated warnings is given concerning the rise of false teachers and the increase of attacks upon the church in the last hour, the fact that 1 John 4 and 1 calls to us a specific action, namely, that we try the spirits, demonstrating that discernment is a fact of critical importance for the church today. Constantly, we're being confronted with a new teaching or new religion Uh, movements and different ways of doing things what shall we say shall we condemn things simply because they're different shall we cast off anything that threatens a change or on the other hand shall we accept things simply because they are taught to take the place within the confines of the Christianity and more particularly the reformation of faith critically important it is that we be discerning Christians, discerning church leaders, not merely criticize, but that we carefully evaluate and pass judgment and be careful in our rejection or acceptance of particular matters that has the foundation of God's word of the truth. It is a common conception in our day that men may simply believe what they wish. After all, We're all on the same road to heaven, just heading in different ways. But in John 1, chapter 4, verse 1, as does all other scriptures, it teaches quite the opposite. The Apostle Peter, in reflection back into the Old Testament, he says in 2 Peter, chapter 2, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privy shall bring in damnable hearsays, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow in their previous ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be spoken, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covenants shall they with foreign words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of the long time linger not, for their damnation slumber not. And that's Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And that hardly speaks of those that are on the same road with us to heaven. Repeatedly, the scripture warns us that there is a standard that must be applied to every teaching in every way. 
It is the command of God that we do not be believing every spirit, that we try the spirits whether they are of God, and standard that must be applied to every teaching and every movement is the standard of God's holy word, the truth of the holy scripture, and that is the very belief, some, and what we are taught by believing the word of God. But we want to consider a little more depth of the importance of trying of spirits. In this, there are four sub-points that I want you to consider with me in this connection. We will consider first the necessity of trying of the spirits. Second, what are these spirits that we are trying? Third, how are we to try them? And finally, to whom this calling is addressed? So the necessity. The spiritual discernment, trying of the spirits, must be a vital concern for us as ministers or children of God for our all sake. Certainly one of the chief concerns that we have as pastors, elders, and leaders in the church is that God's people will be discerning of Christians. That is that, and we must be our concern as well, because all too often the people of God show themselves sorely lacking in this virtue. That has always been the case. The examples and the many abdomations of the scriptures pertaining to this subject show that the people of God are inclined towards spiritual laziness. Those in leadership in the church are not immune to such lack of virtue in this area. If we begin simply by focusing on ourselves and our people, some of the spiritual laziness arise out of the intent loyalty to our churches, a loyalty to which, on the hand, is a commendable thing, and then it is rooted in the desire to stand steadfast in the truth. But it is easy in such a case to take an attitude as, well, all of our ministers preach is the same thing over and over, and we all believe it, and we all have the truth, and therefore we are invincible. And there's no danger that we will be misled by any false teachers. It is a kind of the enemy is all out there attitude. The problem is that such an attitude tends to neglect the calling set before us as an example to the Baranians who search for the scriptures daily to see whether the things of the Apostle Paul preached were really true. Such an attitude actually breeds spiritual lethargy and lethargy rooted in spiritual pride. That is a grave danger to us, and it is a grave danger because the devil not only attacks the church with spirits of false doctrines, but he also attacks the church just as vigorous as the spirits of worldliness and carnality. Spirituals, spirits of disobedience of God's truth, spirits of lifestyles that does not conform to the spirit of the Christianity. So the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, This now also that in the last days perilous times will come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incoherent, fierce, despisers of all those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than the lovers of God, 
having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. That's great advice. The devil would do whatever it takes to lead a church member or a Christian astray from church. That there is a tremendous and appalling indifference today to the sound doctrine is clearly evident. The vast majority of the normal Christian churches of our day are unconcerning with doctrine. One of their interests is to have a church where they can function as a social community, feeling good about themselves and improving the good self-feeling by cloaking of religious acts. The doing is the name of the game. Social action is where it's at. And so it is not uncommon that we who have the truth and love the truth are charged with rationalism, withholding the the dead religion. Of course, we must be critical of the dead orthodoxy in the mist. We must war against any misleading attitudes. We must preach that there must be more to our religion than mere head knowledge or just acceptance. But at the same time, we must hold forth the importance of God's truth. The necessity of trying the spirits is clear, especially throughout the New Testament scriptures, but also in our own experience. The church is constantly confronted with false teachers and practices that are contrary to the standard of God's word. Almost all of the escapos called attention to that in one way or another. The Apostle Paul wrote frequently to churches trying to tell them about the trouble and concerning of the, the teachers who have had followed after him, intimidating his preaching and his gospel in many aspects, but adding in their own particular teachings. The result was often confusion in the churches and even more departed from the faith. The apostle did not hesitate to expose these things as works of the devil the father of lies. He warns us of the true false teachers out there with these words. In 2 Chronicles 11, verses 13 through 15, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles like of Christ, with no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their own works. So Satan attacks the church and us who are members of the church, always attempting to rob us of the gospel and to wreck our Christian testimony in witnessing of the truth, our peace, and our joy. The history of the church is also seen the same way. And if we look at John's warning in the broader context of his escapol, we see the danger of false prophets and the importance of trying the spirits. The error in neither doctrine or life is destructive of the fellowship with God. And if the fellowship is the apostles' primary concern. To put it in the terms of the truth in which we are, as churches, hold so dear, John fervently desired is that those whom he writes now know the covenant, not only the doctrinal, 
but as a matter of their own personal experiences. They must know and have a fellowship with God's love. That blessed relationship with the Trinity of God, which relationship is ours with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, which reflects in the fellowship that we have with one another. We show each other God's love. So John writes in 1 John 1 and 3, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. But while there is great blessedness in the Christian life, it is also a covenant fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. And as a member of his body, one with one another, there is something must, most destructive that is of the covenant fellowship. As John refers to it in verse 6 of chapter 4, the spirit of error in all its different forms militants against the enjoyment of the fellowship. For that reason, we must be vigilant and be watchful in our defense of the truth. For the truth shall make us free. So we are called to try the spirits. So what are the spirits? It is a common interpretation of John 1, 4 and 1 that the term spirit is a figure of speech, a metaphor for teachers. That is what John Calvin interprets and has been interpreted many other ways since. And the base for this interpretation is immediate reference to the false prophets. So it makes you think that the false prophets are false false spirits. The spirits then may either be true prophets of God who are faithfully proclaiming his word or they may be false prophets. And although an interpretation certainly lays hold of the idea of the text, I look at the figure not giving reference so much to the teachers as such to their teachings. The idea then is this. The spirits are those influences which would move us in one way or another. The idea is the same as it is read in Ephesians 4.16 with its reference to being tossed about in every wind of the doctrine. Many of our readers will remember that the term spirit is eventually is essentially called breath or wind. And it's not a term, however, of Ephesians 4 and 16. And there's a reference to winds of the doctrine is the word amos, which refers to a strong temperest wind that brings great upheaval. The term spirit in 1 John 4 and 1 doesn't speak of a fierce or violent wind, but the operation which it is measured. The difference seems to me is this in Ephesians 4 and 16 it warns us against being a like a child who is in a violent storm that may be tossed about it speaks about the tremendous destructive effects of a false doctrine as a result of an error the idea of these spirits particularly the spirit of error as John speaks of it in verse 6 is that the influence is very measurable oftentimes seemingly minor and insignificant but often involves matters that that would be a major concern to us. But rather, the temperous wind of the full-blown storm, these are measured breaths of certain teachings 
and perceptions that we hear, certain perspectives that would influence us and our loved ones and other church members. These influences may belong to the spirit of truth, and again, John refers to it in verse 6, but they also may belong to the spirit of error, the exact and exact because of the dangers of the spirits of error, the dangers of all influence of many false prophets that are gone out into the world. You and I must try the spirits and teach our children and other people to be discerning Christians. The Spirit of Christ and the Spirit of Truth will always move us towards a higher regard to the Scriptures. Their exhortation in Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20 says, To the law and to the testimony is never a cry of the spirit of error. The devil has always shown himself to stand and sharpen in opposition of the Scriptures. He has done everything in his power to extinguish that light. He brazenly promotes the religion of feelings for football stadium excitements. Apart from the Bible, the only thing that will have to do with the Word of God is that the devil will twist it and attempt to turn the light into darkness. But we say more. For there are several distinguishing marks according to the scriptures that reveal the work of the Spirit of Christ. The first place, the Spirit work of the Spirit is always to exalt Christ. Jesus told his disciples when he promised to send them a comforter, the Spirit of truth. He shall testify of me. And the Spirit testifies of Christ, not apart from him, but always through the scriptures. So our Lord used the very same expression in John 5 and 39. Search the scriptures. They are they that testify of me. The spirit of truth always testifies of Christ and exalts him, lifts up Christ. And that is what John is saying in 1 John 4, 2 and 3. But even here, we must understand that while everyone else who claims a portion of Christianity will lay claim to the name of Christ and will confess the base truth of Christ's incarnation, but all will not confess Christ as he reveals himself in the Holy Scriptures. So again, we are turning back to the Bible for our evaluation. If the Spirit at work among the people leads them to Christ, as he reveals himself in the Word, we have evidence that the Spirit at work is from God. Still more, the Spirit of truth works holiness. We must be sure that the Spirit that we believe in and follow is the Spirit of Christ, who marks us as holy people unto the Word. Without holiness... No man shall see God, as we are told in Hebrews 12 and 14. False spirits do not promote true holiness, devotion, and dedication to God and His truth. In verses 4 and 5 of 1 John 4, John compares the influence of two spirits, the true and the false. The difference is plain. One is of God, and the other comes of the spirit of the world. The other is of the world and is obsessed Therefore, with the things of the world. Whatever in harmony the Bible truth makes us more or more conscious of sin, the more spiritual sensitivity. Whatever increases our desire to serve God and walk in His ways is of the Spirit of God. Satan will not conflict men of sin. Satan will not convict men of sin, nor move to honor God in holiness. 
The spirit of the devil will deceive men and will blind us and move us to indifference towards the truth of God. He wants to make a separation between us and God. Finally, in this connection, the spirit of truth is seen in the very practical way. As the scriptures make clear, John writes, If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfect in us. Hereby now we that dwell in him, and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. The contrast of this is, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Oh, indeed, there is a counterfeit love. And we don't speak here of love that stands alone. It stands in connection with all that we have mentioned before, with the love of God and the word of his foundation. There is a counterfeit love that is not established on truth and has no regard for God's holiness. The love is rooted in self, guided by spiritual delusion, and has no relationship with Christianity love that which John writes about. True love places God in His honor and His truth first. It is love for one who knows that the love of God, that amazing love wherein that He loves us, and Jesus Christ where we were yet sinners. But such are those that in His ways, all rising out of the standard of the biblical truth by which we are to try the spirits to see whether they are of God. And who calls you? Jesus calls you. He addresses you as a true believer. He wants you to come to Him. He wants you to be a part of His family. And we see that John doesn't simply address the theologians when he talks to them. He does address just Timothy or Titus, the ministers of the gospel. He said, beloved. That means everybody. He was inspired to address the whole church, and we are the church of Christ. All those who believe in God are called His beloved. So he says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they are of God. Yes, the calling of our office bearers, and but one of the most important aspects of the calling is preaching and teaching, being an elder in the church, being a singer, being uh, just... A prayer is exactly what God's people are. Everyone loving each other and doing their part that God has given us the uh, examples and the, the abilities to do. They are the discerning Christians who live in and know the scriptures. We challenge you to be usable by God, know his word, and carry on the way that he wants you to carry. Believe in him and trust in him always we'll close in a prayer lord heavenly father we thank and praise you lord for your wonderful grace and love we thank you lord that you knew us before we were even born and that we give you the honor for we thank you jesus that you're with us and that you're guiding us and that you gave us the holy spirit as a comforter as a guide and as our friend we thank you lord and we lift you up in your blessed name amen i want to take a minute to talk to you about buzzsprout today is a great day to start your own podcast whether you're looking for a new market or a channel may i suggest that you share your thoughts and your ideas with the world and it's just so fun to have a talk show 
podcasting is very easy, inexpensive, and a fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more within minutes of finishing each recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And a team that they have at Buzzsprout is passionate in helping you succeed. They want you to succeed. Join with over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's go ahead and create something together. God bless you. Let me tell you about a new product that you probably need to go check out. It's called Talking Jesus Doll at JesusDoll.com. If you use my promo code Steve Kitts at checkout, they'll give you an extra 10% off. With all the woke culture going out affecting kids with cartoons and toys, they're trying to separate your kids and your grandkids from the family and from God. I recommend that you introduce Jesus to your kids as early as possible. That's why we're partnering with the Talking Jesus Doll. It's a plush doll that talks. When you squeeze the hand, it speaks ten phrases that Jesus said in the Bible, from the Lord's Prayer to John 3.16 and everything in between. With everything that's going on, it's important to introduce our children to the love and the lessons that Jesus had for many years. I love this product, and so does everyone else. The reviews are amazing, and kids are learning the Bible verses and using the doll to minister to others. If you have kids, grandkids, nieces, and nephews, this is a perfect gift for them. It could be for Easter, birthdays, and even Christmas. Teach your kids about the Lord. Go to JesusDoll.com and use the promo code SteveKids for 10% off, and God bless you.